Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, it's a new year, and every day is a fresh start for you to just live. Travis was trying to hear to tell you exactly why I teamed up with Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, and Paul Rodriguez to launch our new wellness brand, Just Live. As professional athletes, we put ourselves through a lot, physically and mentally. So we found a Just Live around all-natural, THC-free CBD products. Being from the East Coast, I was pretty skeptical about CBD products, but as an athlete, it's easy to see when something works. And when my dad was at wit's end, living in a fog of painkillers, severe lack of sleep, numerous surgeries later, I recommended he try CBD. It allowed him to get an extra couple hours of sleep, and it made all the difference to get my dad back on his feet. So don't go another day with pain inflammation, or lack of sleep. I recommend trying Just Live today. These are products we fully trust and stand behind because we want you to be able to go out and just live. So get 20% off your order with code armchair at justlive.com. That's 20% off at justlive.com with the code armchair. What do you live for? Welcome back to another episode of Believe in RU. The Scarlet Knights took care of business against the Northwestern Wildcats last night. This was a huge win. There was times in this game where I saw some flashbacks to that Ohio State game at the beginning of this year where we kind of had control of the game the whole time and then it got away from us and we ended up losing that game. But we learned from our mistakes. This looks like a team that has overcome adversity and any sort of challenge you put in front of them going forward, they can handle it. Alex, right before we get to the game, and we're going to talk about our friends and our sponsors, Bet Online. Super Bowl is here, and you get in on the action at BetOnline.ag. You know, this weekend, there's some good prop bets going on out there. I think Travis Kelsey, there's a prop seven and a half receptions over under. I think I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to do that using BetOnline.ag. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title. On their home field is currently three and a half point underdogs against Kansas City looking for back to back titles for the first time in almost two decades. BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including game VP, margin of victory and even the length of the national anthem. Always available online or on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. But Alex, like you said, it was a really, really good feeling for Rutgers basketball to get back to their winning ways. Their third straight Being Home with Hunker is a podcast where we visit with designers, artists, and creatives in the spaces that express and shape their identities, their homes. If you love design and decor, if you're curious about how people live, or if you've been transitioning or transforming your own home, you'll love these honest conversations. Join us weekly at Being Home with Hunker. Visit hunker.com forward slash podcast where you can find, subscribe, and listen to the show. Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts win against another Big Ten team, Northwestern, that's had a little bit of a rough patch, but was ranked at the at some point during the season. Um, like you said, I think that this team, I think during the second half of the Penn State game was almost like an eye-opener for them that, 
You know, they lost to the team that was ranked the worst in the Big Ten. You know, they have the least amount of wins. They're last in the standings. And it's kind of they're kind of turning the quarter the, the corner on the season at this point. Um, I think that they got to keep this momentum going on to the rest of the Big Ten season. And hopefully it allows them to make an NCAA tournament berth. But this team definitely has gone through the adversity and is looking like a much better team as opposed to the couple games ago. Yeah, and I think when you look at this, I said it before, it kind of did remind me of that Ohio State game, the first Ohio State game at their place where we did lose that game because we kind of took our foot off the gas a little bit. And Ohio State, in my opinion, a much more talented team than Northwestern. They took it to us and beat us that day. Um, But this team, listen, I know we'd lost five straight uh, and now we've won three in a row. I think we're starting to see the benefits of that five-game losing streak, although you never want to go down the path of losing five in a row. But if you want to turn a negative to a positive, I think the adversity they had is certainly paying dividends and showing that they can overcome that in the middle of games. 100%. I think that you know when we looked at their hearts, hot start to start the season, they were shooting the lights out from three-pointers. They were sh- they were not shooting it well when they during that five game skid. So they were all the way at the bottom and they had to come all the way back up. So they've won a bunch of ga- games in a bunch of different ways. You know they've outscored teams now that they've played tough defense, right? So they allowed 37 and 56 points in back to back games. When you allow under 60 points in an NCAA Division One basketball game, even in the Big Ten, you should probably win those. Um, Rutgers went out we started the game on to a 31 to 11 run. Um, it's when we start off the game on so strong like that, I think that's usually a good barometer for success in games. The issue, though, like you said in the Ohio State game, that we were up by 20, Northwestern immediately went on a 13-0 run, so it was 31-24. I know that you know we won the game, you know we duked it out during a Big Ten battle, but some of those games against better teams like in Ohio State, like in Iowa, like in Minnesota that we're going to see, like in Illinois, if we let them back in the game, we're probably not have less of likely of a chance to win those games. So a win is a win is a win. I love wins. Ruck, wins are clearly better than losses, but we just got to keep an eye on it being so you know comfortable with a big lead and let other teams back in the game. And one guy who we talked about last episode who's playing great is Jacob Young. Playing 27 minutes off the bench. I know Coach Peichel said we have eight starters. We have eight guys who play 13 minutes or more. We have seven guys who play 18 minutes or more and six guys who play 20 minutes or more. So I'm I'm super impressed with Jacob Young, man. I think I don't know what it is with him off the bench, but he has given this team such, such a lift from the bench. I think it's just his energy level. Um, you know. Even when he started games during the season, he just has this level of energy, you know. Sometimes it's really, really good, and sometimes it's bad. You know, one minute he'll be making, he'll get a couple steals, a couple, you know, breakaway layups, a couple dunks, you know, a couple assistant transitions. But then the next minute he'll be turning the ball over four straight possessions. So with a team, when you have a bunch of guards, you know, with Caleb McConnell back, Geo Baker, who's been playing better, Ron Harper Jr., who's been our, who's been one, was probably our best player, but now I think it's Miles Johnson. He's a talented guy. And when you have all these guards, you got to be able to, and Montez Mathis, not to mention, you got to be able to rotate everybody in. So Jacob Young scoring 19 points coming off the bench, playing 27 minutes. You know, usually the sixth man on a team, which he basically is at this point, plays more more than you know some of the starters even. So. 
I think he's better off the bench. Like he just brings so much instant energy. And with his high level athleticism, his speed handling the ball, it just brings a different dimension to Rutgers. And I think that it's probably better for him to come off the bench. And I love his game. I think he's probably the most talented player on the Rutgers basketball roster. Yeah. And we're going to need everybody for this game against Minnesota. And then for the following game against Iowa, who listen, we have we have a vendetta against Iowa. We got to get back at them, man. We let them off the hook. And that loss against Iowa kind of started this whole Rutgers losing streak that we had earlier in the season. So because of the nature of the conference and the nature of the stretches that the schedule can put on a team, you need everybody. And you, and you just never know in this league. You never, never know. And, you know, speaking of Minnesota, this team is no slouch either. They've beaten um, – I mean, they're coming off a tough loss against Illinois, but early season they beat Iowa. They beat Michigan. Michigan's only losses to Minnesota this year. So Minnesota's a really, really good team. Rich Bertino does a really, really good good job over there. It's going to be enough t- another tough Big Ten battle. I know we keep harping on, you know, Big Ten battles, and basically it's the same points every single game, but Rutgers has to bring the defense that they did the last two games. Um, I know Michigan State is not what they used to be, but it's still a top-tier program. And Northwestern, even though that they're going through some struggles right now, is still a Big Ten team. We need it. We need to be able to defend these guys. Um, we need to be able to make baskets in transition. We got to be able to rebound because you know during the Northwestern game we were only 50-50 to them. So we got to win the rebounding battle. We got to be stealing the ball. We can't be turning the ball over like we did against Northwestern, and then where that's how we're going to have success. I noticed our boy Cliff played a little bit more. He had an additional three minutes. I think he played 13 minutes opposed to 10 minutes, helping Miles Johnson kind of defensively. Were they on the court much together? I didn't notice that. Not not really. Um, they were both in foul trouble. Miles Johnson had four fouls at, at early in the second half. Then Cliff, uh, Cliff. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Was Cliff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliff had four fouls early in the second half too. So they're basically kind of switching in and out of each other. Like Cliff has all the potential in the world, but like sometimes he just drops easy catches on the block and things like that. Just basically mental errors, in my opinion. Um, but you know, yeah, and he's gotta and he's gotta make his free throws, man. Oh, for three is not. Gonna well, I mean, it. everybody's gotta make our free throws. You know, Rutgers was I think twelve of twenty against Northwestern last night, which is sixty percent, which isn't great, but it's much. Now we are 13 to 22, a little bit under 60. So that's not going to cut it. Now I'm not just going to criticize um, Cliff because he's a great player and he's capable of making those free throws just like the rest of our team. Um, but in terms of as a young freshman and you want to play more, you have to show the coaching staff that it's not how many chances you get. It's what you do with your chances, right? So if now listen, Playing him more as we get down the stretch, like we've talked about on the show, might help us defensively against the Luka Garzas of the world and all these other guys in this conference. But when you're not taking advantage of the chances you get, coach isn't going to play you that much. That's just how sports work. You know what I mean? 100%. You're absolutely right about that. Um You know, he's he's but when you're this far into your freshman season, you're not really a freshman anymore, you know? Even though that he's missed some time with games with that knee injury, like he's gotta step up a little bit more. And I believe in him. I think that he's really, really talented. He's got a lot of great qualities that he can be a really productive player in this league, but he's just gotta step up. You know, Minnesota has a couple big good big guys, and like you said, Luca Garza, who was averaging twenty seven points a game, was the preseason player of the year in all of the country. We gotta be able to guard him. 
And, you know, Miles Johnson, for how great he is, sometimes he gets into foul trouble. And Cliff Cliff has to be there in those opportunities in order to spell Miles Johnson also and to not and to, you know, not get fouls and, you know, play good defense against, you know, potentially a national player of the year. Yeah. And one guy in this Rutgers team who I think gets a little overlooked is Paul Mulcahy, man. He's been playing lights out. And, and I know his minutes were a little bit down this week, but that's just because Jacob Young has been playing so well. But Paul Mulcahy. Paul Mulcahy has just been a freaking energy booster as well to this team. Um, being a recently, I mean, he's played a lot, but being a recent starter, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing is that, you know, I think obviously, you know, depending on who starts is obviously, you know, depending on the matchups, you know, who the other team has, but Paul doesn't necessarily have like the biggest like stack games. If you look at like the, if you look at the, you know, box score between after every game, Paul isn't necessarily the guy that, you know, jumps out of you. But if you watch the game, he's a real, like, basketball player's basketball player, meaning that he does all the little things. He makes a lot of good passes. He, that he, like, hockey assists, you know, not necessarily, like, assists, but, like, hockey assists, um, really good screens, you know. He helps well defensively. He does all those little things, you know. When you're on a team, everybody has their role. And just because that you do a lot of good things, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to show up in the box score. But... That's what some other, that's what your teammates are for. You know, you're gonna have guys that have really good games on the box score and other guys that don't. But it's a team and everybody does, you know, their their job. So Paul is really, really good at finding little things to do, and that's what makes him successful on the court, even if that he doesn't get the accolades that some of the other players do. I don't know how he is as a leader, obviously from inside out, like being on the inside, but from outside looking in, just his presence seems like he's really helping lift this team as well. I mean, I don't know if you saw what he said about the scout team guys. I mean that goes a long way with the vibe, man. And and listen, I spoke to last fall. I was talking to a multiple-time national champion as a player and as a coach. And this coach said to me, he said, sometimes the most important guys you have to take care of are the back-end roster guys. It's not your front-end roster guys. You have to take – because they're going to take care of themselves sometimes. But – you have to take care of those back end guys because their unhappiness can can sink in to the front end guys, and that's when you have problems. So for a guy like Paul, I don't know if you saw what he said about the scout team guys. That was him, right? Yeah, that was him. He you know what he said was uh, really struck home for me because I was one of those guys, you know, on the Rutgers lacrosse team. You know what I mean? I had it. You know, I was one of those guys that you know didn't necessarily play that much, but you know, you got to bring the energy, and you know, it's, sometimes it's hard. You know, not necessarily playing on game day, but, you know, when you have teammates that are so that play and are so appreciative, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, man. Absolutely, dog. It's 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 all about the vibe, man. And this team looks like they're getting their vibe back. Um, but let's yo, let's um, let's go off topic, off sport or excuse me, off Rutgers. Uh, what do you think of the Rams, dude? Obviously, you being a diehard Rams fan and uh, them trading away your quarterback who literally led you guys to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, number one overall pick a couple of years ago. Uh, what are your thoughts of uh, Sean McVay sending a King's Ransom and Jared Goff to the Detroit Lions? Well, first off, let me say this is that I think Jared Goff is a much better quarterback than people actually give him credit for. I think that, you know, over the last couple of years, everybody praises Sean McVay and then everything that the Rams do wrong is basically on Jared Goff. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that Sean McVay probably needs to have some better play calls and things like that. Here's the thing, though. 
Jared Goff, he didn't necessarily – obviously, he had a really, really good 2018 season again, and they led the Rams to the Super Bowl. But that game just kind of showed his limitations. Like, you know, the they, Rams, in my opinion, were never really, like, you know, threatening Patriots in every single way in that Super Bowl. I love Jared Goff. I think he's a great dude. He obviously stays healthy and is available. You know, sometimes the, the best ability is availability. But Matt Stafford, man, he's he's – he can just do so much more. Like he has so many, so much less limitations than Jared Goff. He was basically that whole Detroit team, like, you know, with bad coaches and, you know, the GMs weren't great and to have the most talent around. I know he had Calvin Johnson for his couple years of a career, but like, dude, he's just, I just think that he's going to be so much better in that system with Sean McVay. He just opens his offense a little bit much, a little bit more. And if you go back to the first round picks, you know, the third round pick this year, the Rams have a bunch have a Super Bowl capable roster right now. If you get guys, you know, that are first round picks, you know, they could be good, but they also aren't necessarily going to be good. You know, there's they could have that bust factor. So when you give away those picks and then you get a guy that is a known commodity with a roster that is already ready to make a deep playoff run, I think that it's a very good move. But the Rams have to make it to the Super Bowl in these next two years, or I will, I personally will deem it a failure. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I think all the pressure's on you guys, bro. All the pressure's on the GM, all the pressure's on Sean McVay, all the pressure's on Matt Stafford. Um, I just, listen, as a, as an outsider, I just don't like the disrespect that they're putting on Jared Goff. Like the Rams organization totally has been disrespecting Goff. And dude, he, he came in when Wolford got hurt with a broken surgically repaired thumb. Like, that that took guts, man. Like I think Jared Goff's gonna be a great player in this league going forward. I know the con. Listen, the contract the contract makes it tough, right? So th- th- I think they just hated his contract more than him, right? Yeah. It, see, like we we do this thing in sports where we are we feel um so bad for some players when at the end of the day sports are a business and if you're not if you don't think that you have the guys to win a super bowl then why are you even like going out and play the rams i think les need has done the gm has done an unbelievable job with everything he's done he's drafted really well without having first round picks after this trade it will be seven years between first round picks for the rams um the, between uh them picking jared goff and their next first round pick um, but I, I, I mean, I guess I understand, like, I like Jared Goff. I think that he gets a lot more shit than people give him, but like, you know, when you're paid, uh, when you have a four year, $134 million contract and, you know, you're playing like, okay, decently, like it's not really worth it. And I think that was definitely part of the trade of them giving rid of two first round picks. And, you know, it was comparable with Matthew Stafford's contract that he has left, but yeah, I mean, I know he played with a surgically repaired thumb, but like, you know, he he's their starting quarterback. He's worth $134 million. You have to play hurt in the NFL. So, yeah, I understand it was disrespectful, but it's part of the league. It's part of the game. And, you know, I think that it's probably better for both sides because I think that the Rams are kind of, and Sean McVay were kind of getting tired of Jared Goff, and it sucks. But I think that, you know, both sides will be better moving forward. That's on you guys, man. Don't pay the man the money. It's, yeah, that's it's fine. The market. That's... The, the, his contract. His contract is based off of the market, not the production. That's what yeah, I think. Well, it is. In well, the it NFL, is based. 
it is based off of the production. If you look at if you look at his 2018 season, then he's what he's done in 2019 and 2020. Obviously, his offensive line was banged up in 2019, and you know we paid him that huge amount of money. And you know I can complain about Sean McVay and you know the coach, the like you know the the, the offensive play calls. I can complain about you know getting rid of Brandon Cooks and how they don't have enough deep shots. But like if you watch the games, man, he's been a little shaky. And I like Jared Goff. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he gets way too much shit, but like, that's just what happens. No, no, no. In, in today's NFL, you don't pay like you don't pay somebody based off production. You pay them off of the market value. That's what these agents and and whoever is responsible for creating this market for quarterbacks has done a hell of a job in terms of getting these quarterbacks money. So if you didn't believe in Jared Goff, then you shouldn't have paid him. In my opinion. Um, I think he's going to be good, though. I think this, uh, you know, listen, I hope you guys win a Super Bowl because, uh, you know, he's going to, uh, you know, a, um, you know, Motor City Dan Campbell spot and uh, might have some success. I don't know. The Lions are a crazy organization. I don't fucking know. Uh, I hope it works out for both sides. But uh, listen, man, all the pressure's on you. Hope you get it done. Yeah, me too. I hope we get it done, too. Hey guys, we really appreciate you listening to the Believe in Rutgers podcast. To be notified of all the latest news on Rutgers University and the Big Ten Conference, subscribe to the show and check us out on social media at Believe in RU. Hey, you made it to the end, or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan. You stay classy, Piscataway. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.